Are you ready to get your fantasy on? Here's show us your TDs. It's growing time. Let's go. Ladies and gentlemen. It's time for the final countdown. The show starts. Ayo, welcome back to another episode of Show Us Your TDs. It's your favorite frosty milk beverage back for week 11. And my God, week 10 left us speechless. What did he say? So much went down. We had blown leads, injuries, comebacks. Like what more can you ask for from the NFL? That's why it's the best league in professional sports. How are you? How is your week going? How is your fantasy football team shaping up? All questions that are vital in this game of life we play. I just know when I'm able to jump on the mic and record content for you, it makes me feel glorious. And that always brings a smile to my face. Just like watching Jordan Love throw an INT. Man, he does that a lot. Now, if you're noticing, yes, I am rocking solo this week. Gooby is still MIA. He's not feeling the greatest. So if you were looking forward to hearing from that Zach Galifianakis and Jack Black love child, what? unfortunately it won't be for week 11. He will be back soon. I promise you this podcast is not the same without him. Now let's not waste any more time like Mac Jones does playing quarterback for the New England Patriots. And speaking of Mac Jones, the New England Patriots have yet to announce their quarterback plans for this weekend, but it's rumored that he has lost support of the locker room and all of his teammates. It's saying it's a vast majority in New England. Now that says a lot. Bailey Zappi to the rescue. Wait, what? It's fantasy update time. It's what you've been waiting for, the Fantasy Football Recap. Remember, this is Gooby's Fantasy Football Recap. We're following his adventure and seeing how far this ragamuffin can really go. And you know what's wild? You would never think to hear the words Gooby and Fantasy in one sentence. That is just insane. Gooby is still perfect. Holy crap! Burrow these nuts in your mouth defeated core values 108.68 to 93.55. The man is now 10 and 0. That is just remarkable, insane, stupendous. Good for him. Now we're gonna go with Melky's three stars from his team because 
we like to highlight the guys that showed up for week 10. Number three, wide receiver Michael Pittman Jr. had a nice 12.40 points. Number two, Jamar Chase. Yes, Chase was definitely on the case Sunday and he went off for 20.9 points. And the number one star, a man who Gooby just plucked from the wire, it's everybody's hero lately, Joshua Dobbs, who balled out and came up with 29.08 points to seal the deal for Gooby. I just think this is insane. So congratulations, Gooby. You're still perfect, riding that cloud nine, and you're riding it pretty far, man. Every time I hear you win, it's a loss for words because this is a crazy adventure. It's unheard of. This is New England Patriot territory you're now dipping into, and solid work, man. It's a lot harder than what people think managing a fantasy football team if you really care about it and know your stuff. So kudos to you, my friend. And just sidebar here, have you ever been perfect? Anyone in fantasy football have ever had a perfect season? I'm wondering if that's happened. I've never been perfect. Like I was saying maybe two episodes ago, or maybe last episode, yeah, it was Small Fry. I went 7-0, and and that was years ago. 7-0, and thought it could maybe go perfect for the entire season, but it's just too difficult. Injuries happen, players don't perform, players underperform, QBs might be a factor, there's so much that goes into this, but I went to 7-0, and Gooby has eclipsed that, and he's 10-0 going into week 11, that's just mind-boggling. I do wish I could hear his thoughts and comment on his crazy adventure thus far, but you know, he's he's doing his thing, he's, he's trying to get better, and hopefully we get to hear from him next week. Regardless of if he's perfect or not going into next week, I just want to hear the mindset, the stress, the levels of stress that go into it, because now it's for real. I know it's for money and it's always for real, but going perfect is just a different beast of its own. So again, congratulations, Gooby. Kudos to you, fam. You're rolling, man. You're rocking. You seem like your squad is unstoppable and untouchable. And Again, what is with some of these names in his fantasy group? He started off hot with the best names, and then the last two weeks have been pretty funky. Like core values, I'm sure it has a meaning, a significant meaning behind it, but come on, can't you do better? Like, I was rolling with McCaffrey Creamers. Are you fucking kidding me? Now, yes, that is disgusting. Straight up nasty, but it's hilarious, and it rolls at the top of your tongue. You need Jesus! It's week 11, and Gooby is putting his undefeated streak on the line with burrow these nuts in your mouth versus... Oh, get ready for this. It's pretty sweet. Mahomes over Mahomes. Are you serious right now, bro? Damn! That is a fire name. See, this is what I'm talking about having great fantasy football names. It adds to the fun of participating, and clearly this was thought through, and I give this four out of five Cheeto fingers. It's that cool. 
The projections are for his matchup 113.87 to 83.66. Now, I do believe that will change because his opponent doesn't have everybody in his lineup. So let's actually go through the lineup and see what the head-to-head matchup looks like. Starting with Gooby's side, and he's bringing back Jalen Hurts for this week. As you remember, the Eagles were on a bye in week 10, so Jalen Hurts is back at the helm. And guess who he's facing? Patrick Mahomes. (laughs) So the name is very fitting. It's Patrick Mahomes versus Jalen Hurts, just like last year's Super Bowl. They're going to -to head-to-head in this fantasy match. Next, at wide receiver, we have DJ Moore for the Chicago Bears versus Chris Godwin for the Tampa Bay Bucks. Jamar Chase, yep, he might be on the case again. He'll need to be versus George Pickens. Jacoby Myers versus Christian Watson. We said meh, M-E-H, meh. Let's move to the running back spots. Travis Etienne Jr. and DeAndre Swift will be facing off against Josh Jacobs and Antonio Gibson. I do hope he has a better option than Gibson because we all know Robinson is the top dog in Washington. At tight end, he's rolling and sticking with Jake Ferguson of the Dallas Cowboys. And he's squaring off against not Kyle Pitts because he is on a bye. So it looks like he'll have to find someone in that slot. I don't see on his bench that he has a backup, so most likely he'll grab from the wire. At the flex spot, we have Madison of the Minnesota Vikings at running back against Seattle's wide receiver, Jackson Smith Nigba. That's an interesting choice in flex. Again, who knows if he does stick with it. Maybe it had something to do with the bye weeks, but I could definitely see him rolling someone out. At the kicker spot, we've got Gay from Indianapolis. No, actually, no, we don't. He is on a bye. So I don't know who Goobies has at, at kicker. I'm sure it will be someone else. And he's faced... Oh, and his opponent has Koo from the Atlanta Falcons, who is also on bye. So they're going to have to figure that out. Sorry, folks. And last but not least, we got the defenses. We have the Dallas Cowboys, who should be in for a dominant day against the Panthers, versus the New York Jets. And they've got a tough one, a division matchup against Buffalo. It's Zach Wilson, a.k.a. the MILF Hunter, versus Josh Allen, Mr. Turnover Machine. And who would have thought these two franchises would be similar? I think both fan bases hate their quarterbacks right now. I don't know what Josh Allen's going to do, but man, you just got your offensive coordinator fired. You might want to check yourself, look in the mirror, and regroup. Just saying. So that should be interesting. Again, right now, 113.87 to 83.66 is your projections. It's going to change, but these guys have slim pickings when it comes to replacing their lineup, so they had better made a ton of waiver wire picks or claims to you know solidify their squads. Now, let's go with prediction time. And to be truthful, I can't see Gooby losing this one either. Huh? His team is strong from top to bottom. Even the bench, I'm looking at the bench squads, and Gooby could easily put Gus Edwards or Rondé Moore 
in an open spot. He only has Charbonnet that I could see that's available available to use. He might have to throw that in a flex or something like that. I don't know. I'm only the messenger. I'm not in this league. But yeah, I think Gooby's going to pull this off. I actually think he'll probably win this very easily. The depth on Mahomes over Mahomes <laughs> is not as great as Gooby's. And some of these players have struggled mightily. Like uh, Christian Watson, he can't hold on to the ball. George Pickens isn't getting any love. Josh Jacobs is not having the season he did last one. And Antonio Gibson doesn't play. Nope. I mean, he does, but not compared to Etienne Swift, Madison, and Edwards. So I like Gooby to continue the streak, go 11-0, and pump his chest. <laughs> Next week on this podcast, and reveal how he did it, why he did it, and why he's going to continue to do it and dominate this league. I'm looking at the standings currently, and he is three games above second place. And this is week 11, so I believe there's four more weeks after this until the playoffs start. Believe it or not, Gooby has clinched a playoff spot at least. Not first place, but a playoff spot nonetheless. Congratulations, big man. You are in the dance. Let's see if you get there perfect, because that'll be a remarkable feat. And hey, man, history could be made in fantasy football. This has been your Week 11 Upcoming Fantasy Football Matchup, Gooby Edition. He's got that undefeated streak on the line. It's a crazy time for him, I'm sure. And good luck, buddy. I know you could do it. You got the stronger team. I have faith in you. I won't even bring out that Slimer voodoo doll like I tried to last week. I've hidden it. It's way out of my reach, sort of. Good luck to everyone else in fantasy football as well. Put the best lineups in front of you and pray you do not screw up like Jordan Love does every time he throws in the pocket. There was another crazy week in the NFL, so that means we need to talk about the Week 10 highlights. And let's start with CJ Stroud, the man is fearless. He led his team to victory over the Bengals, 30 to 27. Shout out to Matt. I know you're devastated at the moment. <laughs> and I'm gonna cover the Bengals again in the highlight reel because they played on Thursday against the Ravens and the landscape has changed in the AFC North. But let's talk about this game. CJ Stroud went 23 for 39. 356 passing yards, one touchdown, one INT, only his second this season, a rush touchdown, and lost the ball a couple of times. His counterpart, Joe Burrow, went 27 for 40, 347 yards, two touchdowns, and two INTs. God damn, Joe. And added 20 rushing yards. Devin Singletary, coming out of nowhere, with 30 carries, 150 rushing yards, and one touchdown. Joe Mixon had a decent game, 11 carries, 46 rushing yards, and one touchdown. The fun doesn't stop there. Noah Brown, who I dogged in Toonie Bets last week, showed up again. Seven receptions, 172 yards on eight targets, and Jamar Chase was on the case. 
five receptions, 124 yards, one touchdown on six targets. He had that sweet 40-yard bomb that he caught from Joe Burrow. So with this victory, it changes the wildcard landscape quite a bit. Let's forget about that for a moment. Let's focus on the man. The man they call CJ Stroud. He's having an unbelievable season, and because of it, I want to know this. With this win, has CJ Stroud put himself in the MVP conversation? Well, the answer is absolutely yes. You go from Houston being a laughingstock the last few years to being a playoff contender, a wildcard contender, and they still could catch the Jaguars in the AFC South. He's on a roll. He's made the Texans relevant at 5-4. Let's look at his numbers. 2,626 passing yards, 15 touchdowns, only two picks, 86 rushing yards, two rushing TDs. He's only fumbled the ball four times. He's 10th in QBR at 63.3. I guarantee you the Panthers are kicking themselves right now, and as they should be. Let's stick with that division and two division rivals go head to head where the Ravens collapsed 33 to 31 for the Browns slippery hands Watson went 20 for 34 213 yards one touchdown and one pick Lamar Jackson went 13 for 23 223 yards one touchdown and two interceptions and that one at the end was a doozy Jerome Ford had 17 carries, 107 yards, no touchdowns. Keaton Mitchell, 3 carries, 34 yards, 1 touchdown. And the wide receiver battle saw Elijah Moore with 5 receptions, 44 yards, 1 touchdown. And OBJ, 1 reception, 40 yards, and a touchdown himself, second in as many weeks. Mm. So a lot happened in this game, and it was revealed later that Deshaun Watson is now out for the season. An MRI revealed he has a displaced fracture in his throwing shoulder. Damn, boy! PJ Walker will take over the helms. So for all you fantasy football fanatics, he's about to skyrocket when it comes to value. But let's focus on this game. Let's focus on the North. Are the Ravens winning this division? Answer is yes, and I would have had more to say about this if it wasn't for the events that happened on Thursday, but it's still the Ravens' division to lose. I'm looking at their schedule, and they have the Bengals, which already happened. Chargers, Rams, Jaguars, 49ers, Dolphins, and Steelers. And yes, it's going to be a dogfight because the Steelers never lie down. The Browns never give up, and you have the Bengals in there as well. So it is still theirs for the taking, but I think the Ravens still have this division under wraps. Game number three. The Seahawks narrowly escaped the Commandos as they win 29 to 26. Sam Howell, who honestly his stats always look great. It's just his team is garbage. <laughs> went 29 for 44, 312 yards, three touchdowns, 17 rushing yards, and a fumble. Geno Smith, Went 31 for 47, 369 passing yards, two touchdowns, and ran for 13 yards. D'Ambi Brown had two receptions, 41 yards, and a touchdown. And Tyler Lockett had eight receptions, 92 yards, and a touchdown as well. So with Seattle winning, they are now tied with the 49ers. 49ers have the division lead, but the records are the same. Despite the Niners being a powerhouse, can Seattle win the NFC West? Short answer, 
No, no chance in hell. The 49ers are back. They made the Jags look like pussycats. It wasn't even close. And the real test will be November 23rd when Geno Smith and company have to go to San Francisco. I have a feeling it's not going to be close. Chase Young and Nick Bosa are going to make Geno run for his dear life. He'll be screaming out for his mother. Seattle, unfortunately, your second fiddle to the San Francisco 49ers. And there's no shame in that. I still think you get in with the wild card, but as for the division, no chance in hell. Yeah! And I've saved the best for last. It's the Broncos defeating the Bills on Monday night, 24 to 22. What? What are you talking about? Upset alert. Russell Wilson went 24 for 29, 193 yards, two touchdowns, threw zero picks, and ran for 30 rushing yards. And Josh Allen, by God, Josh Allen, 15 for 26, 177 yards only, one touchdown, two interceptions, a rushing touchdown, and a fumble loss. Are you serious? My oh my, Josh Allen. Cortland Sutton had eight receptions, 53 yards, and a nice TD catch in the end zone. And James Cook had 12 carries, 109 yards, and fumbled the first play of the game. But he made up with his productivity. This game was insane. The Bills handed it over on a silver platter. There's no excuse to lose at home, especially to a team like the Denver Broncos. So let's get this out of the way, and let's ask the million-dollar question here. Are the Bills making the postseason? Hmm. Yes, they are, but I'm only revealing that because of what happened on Thursday night, and I'm going to get into that Week 11 Thursday night game with the Ravens and the Bengals shortly. I still think the Bills can get in. They have so much talent. Josh Allen is a top five quarterback. Stephon Diggs is a top five wide receiver. They have a good defense. They have a more than acceptable team to get it done. I don't believe in Tua as much as everyone else does. Having said that, Josh Allen, you got to get your shit together. You just cost your offensive coordinator his job. Ken Dorsey was let go on Tuesday because of the horrific play of Josh Allen and the offense. You just don't look good. You got to get it together. There's no excuse for you not to take this team into the postseason and take him on a deep run. But it all falls on you. So you got to look in the mirror and man up. Otherwise, Bill's Mafia, they're going to take you hostage, light up a table, and slam you right through it. So get it together. Usually we ended off with four highlight reels, but we're going to extend it to one more, and we're going to fast forward to week 11. We're going to the Thursday Nighter, a division rivalry, the Cincinnati Bengals versus the Baltimore Ravens. And the Baltimore Ravens won this affair, 34 to 20. But that's not even the biggest part of the game. So much happened. So much happened. Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Let's start with Joe Burrow. He is now out for the season. <laughs> he tore some ligaments in his wrist in this game and he is done. No more Joe Burrow, no more Joe Cool for the Bengals. Bengals fans are probably devastated. I know a certain one is on end zone edge. Shout out to you, Matt, again. I'm not picking on you. I'm just stating the facts. 
Lamar Jackson and company had a nice game. I'll break down his numbers. 16 for 26, 264 yards, two touchdowns, and a nice QB rating of 121.3. But they also lost a key member to their team. Mark Andrews injured his ankle, and he's also lost for the season. Very devastating for Baltimore. The AFC North has been put on its head. So much has gone down. The landscape is now changed. We have Deshaun Watson out. Joe Burrow out and Mark Andrews out. The only healthy team seems to be the Pittsburgh Steelers. Can they take advantage of this? I don't want to go into too much depth because I'm actually going to cover this next week in week 12 with Gooby by my side, hopefully. So we'll dive very deep into it. But the AFC North has been rocked. Joe Burrow out, Mark Andrews out, Deshaun Watson out. And that has been your Week 10 highlights, plus an added bonus of Week 11 Thursday Nighter for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I want to give a special shout out to the Lions for dominating the Chargers. You guys look like you're the real deal. You know what? You're not a team to be looked down upon anymore. I can honestly say you're now Super Bowl contenders. Get your bet on, folks. I'm going to replay a segment I did on End Zone Edge with your host, Matt Miller. It's something we recorded a few days ago. I'm going to throw it in here as my parlay segment because if Gooby is able to have a parlay episode, why not Melky? So hope you enjoy it and check out End Zone Edge, newest podcast to the Not After 30 network starring Matt Miller and myself. It's a lot of fun, and we're sorry we couldn't get an episode up this week, but we'll be back next week and the week after and the week after that because we just love making it rain for you. Enjoy. Thank you for joining Matt and I for End Zone Edge Week 11 Edition. Let's start with my parlays, and we're going to call them the Wipe Them Out parlays because these are big-time numbers and possibly three lopsided games this Sunday. Let's start with... The Miami Dolphins versus the Las Vegas Raiders. Miami's at home. The line started at minus 12 and has jumped all the way to 13. Now, Miami has struggled with real opponents such as Kansas City or Buffalo, but against the overmatched sides, the Dolphins take no prisoners. They've won all four home games by at least 15 points, all against similar oppositions. Vegas is 0-2 versus above 500 teams, losing by 12 and 28. Plus, let's be real. Yes, Las Vegas is 2-0 since they've let go of their joke of a coach and GM, but the fun stops there. They're going to lose. They're starting Aiden O'Connell, and he already has three picks in two games. That's not going to get it done. Bienvenidos a Miami, where the heat and beatdown will hurt till the break of dawn. Game two, we have one of the hottest teams in the NFL right now. Well, let's back it up here. One of the hottest teams to beat down on terrible opponents. They are like that bully in the schoolyard that picks on all the weak kids. What? It's the Dallas Cowboys, and they're facing a woeful Panthers team. The line is at minus 10.5 for Dallas, and I agree with it. The Cowboys are a different team, but Dak Prescott, like the Dolphins, feasts on bad competition. Carolina's pass defense is legit, but can be worn down, and Tony Pollard should have a big day because of it. Carolina has managed over 20 points just three times all year, but in those games, they lost by 21, 28, and 10. 
So it's a no-brainer. Dallas is is surging. They got to keep pace with the Philadelphia Eagles. So this is a must-win for them. And the Panthers are just a hot old mess. And they definitely regret drafting Bryce Young over MVP candidate CJ Stroud. Look for the Cowboys to get their rodeo on and hogtie the Panthers. Yeah, baby, yeah! And last but not least, we have a doozy. It's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the San Francisco 49ers. And the line is 11.54 San Francisco. The Niners came out of the bye week and made short work of the Jaguars, 43-3. They turned the Jags into pussycats. They're back. And now back at home, where their three wins were all by 18-plus points. Tampa beat a bad Titans team last week, but it dropped four straight prior. You might worry about the backdoor cover here, but the Bucks have scored 20 or less in four of the last five games. Chase Young and Nick Bosa are going to make life a living hell for Baker Mayfield, and I can't wait. Make it rain gold with the San Francisco 49ers. And those were Melky's picks on Endzone Edge this past week. Don't forget to check it out on the Not After 30 Podcast Network, starring your host Matt Miller and myself each and every week. You don't have to follow just three parlays. You can do up to 14 or as many as your heart desires. I just like to keep things short and sweet. What the fuck? And if you are going to gamble, please gamble responsibly. I can't be blamed for you losing your money. What did you say? Okay, it's time for Gooby's favorite pastime on the toilet. Are you fucking kidding me? It's boom or bust. And we're going to do it a little differently this week. Because I am flying solo, we're going to do a rapid fire of boom or bust. I've selected four guys who are on the wire that could be potential pickups or ignores. So let's get started. Devin Singletary, running back of the Houston Texans. He's a boom, guys. Last week he had 150 rushing yards, a rushing TD, and 11 receptions. That equals 23.10 fantasy points. Listen, Damian Pierce is hurt and he's taking advantage of it. Singletary is a dual threat. He can catch, he can run. He can log a lot of carries. He had 30 rushes in week 10. Arizona's defense is 29th overall. So if he's still available, grab him quick. Hurry with that curry. Next, we got Ty Chandler, running back of the Minnesota Vikings. And he's also a boom. Last week, he had 15 rushing attempts, 45 yards, and a rushing TD that equaled 10.5 fantasy points. Madison has a concussion and left in the third quarter. He's a good goal line specialist. Denver has the 26th overall defense. They're number one in points allowed with 27.6 on average. And Josh Dobbs gets more attention with his feet because he can run. If he's available, grab him quick. Next, we have Trey McBride, tight end of the Arizona Cardinals. Last week, he had eight receptions, 131 receiving yards, and nine targets. He's also a boom. I see a common theme here. That equal to 21.10 fantasy points. He's a big target, a nice weapon for Kyler Murray. He has three games with over 65 yards. The Falcons are 22nd in defense, and they give up 200 receiving yards on average. 
Baby Yoda is back. The volume should increase and look for him to be open with the attention going to Hollywood Brown and some of the other established wide receivers. Grab him while you can. He's a boom. The last but not least is another tight end from the Green Bay Packers. It's Luke Musgrave. And here's the lone bust of the week. In week 10, he had two receptions, 64 receiving yards, four targets for a whopping 8.4 fantasy points. I've never been a fan of this player, and I'm not a fan of Jordan Love. He only has one touchdown all season. The Packers are the 19th overall offense. Jordan Love just flat out sucks. Just so disrespectful for you to say something like that. He has 14 touchdowns and 10 INTs. That's almost crab legs territory right there. And with Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, Aaron Jones, and A.J. Dillon ahead of him in the pecking order, it just seems like he gets the bare minimum scraps. So this is the one player I would avoid for the week. Everyone else is just a flat out gooby fart boom. Oh, that's nasty. And that has been Boomer Bust. If you like the way it was done this week, let us know. Uh, We've been trying to play around with it. I know sometimes listening to too much information on a player can get tedious. We try to give you the best players available and the best options available. Also, if you guys have a player in mind, don't hesitate to message myself or Gooby or the Wowhead Mustard IG page, and we'll highlight that player for you for the week. You know, we just go based off of what we see on Yahoo Fantasy Sports and some of the other fantasy articles that are available to us. So let us know. We don't bite unless you're lathered in butter or gravy. Then it's all over for you. Gooby's gonna get a mouthful. This is the worst. It's time to close it off with everybody's favorite segment. It's Toonie Bets, and it's always dedicated to Bob because he's the creator, the originator. He came up with the concept, and it's a lot of fun. And this week, I've got a pile of them. Not just one, not just two, not three, but four. So sit back, relax, and throw a Toonie on it. Okay! I'm gonna start it off, and it's probably the game of the week. It's the Super Bowl rematch. We have the Eagles versus the Chiefs, and the Chiefs are at minus three. Now, as a Dallas fan, you all know I'm not cheering for those diseased-ass pigeons. Nope. I'm going with the Chiefs. This is a juggernaut matchup. We've got Hurts versus Mahomes. We've got the number two defense versus the number 15 defense. Number four offense versus the number 15 offense. These teams are evenly matched. The Eagles are finally playing a good team. Sorry, Cowboys fans, but it's the truth. Mahomes always shows up in big games. This is home cooking. The Chiefs are 4-1 at home. Even though it's been 11 years since Andy Reid was with Philly, this game is still a big deal. This is for the number one overall spot. My final score is going to be 30-27 for the Chiefs. Bet a toonie and a specialty Andy Reid cheeseburger on Monday night. Whoa! Where did that come from? Whoa! So I guess it's time for toonie bets. And after the conversation we had last week on TD's Milk, I could not stop thinking about my guy Joshua Dobbs from the Minnesota Vikings. 
And yes, I know they're playing the Broncos this week. And oddly enough, the Broncos have been, I don't even know, doing well, I guess. Mm, maybe. But it is the Broncos and they do break my heart all the time. And Josh Jobs hasn't broken my heart yet. So I am going to take Josh Jobs over my Denver Broncos for the Toonie bet this week. Good luck. Have fun. Next. In today's lineups, I would put $2 on the Commanders over the Giants. I think the Giants have had a lot of struggles. Their backup quarterback hasn't been able to do very much in the way of completions, uh, game structure, or anything in general. I think the Commanders have been able to put it together. Sam Howell has been impressive, in my opinion. I have him in one of my leagues, and I continue to play him. Uh, he's just been able to show his leadership. He's been able to make his completions. His yards has been great. And for $2, I think that the Commanders can take the Giants uh, in today's game. It's your boy, Calf Daddy, making his Toonie Bet debut. I don't know why it took my brother this long to ask. This is what happens when you're old as fuck. Wait a minute. The fuck? I'm throwing a Toonie down on the Ottawa Rough Riders versus the Vancouver Rough Riders. I can really see these Rough Riders being outmatched by these Rough Riders. Wait, this isn't a CFL segment? It's the NFL? Ain't nobody got time for that. Thanks a lot, Melky, for wasting my time. <laughs> fuck you, buddy. Hey, yo, what the fuck? Hey, Melky, thank you for allowing me to be on Toonie Bets. I won't reveal my name, but just so you know, I'm Envy with Green. You have your own podcast. So my pick of the week is the Vikings versus the Broncos. The Vikings are 6-4 and four, and the Broncos are 4-5. and five, And the line is minus 2.5. I'm a Josh Dobbs believer. Since he's been with the Vikes, he's posted 426 passing yards, 3 passing TDs, 110 rushing yards, 2 rushing TDs, and for a whopping 60.3 fantasy points for you nerds out there. Rude. Don't buy into the Broncos beating the Bills on Monday night. Josh Allen threw the game away. The Vikes are 11th in offense, number one in passing, and 14th in scoring. While the Denver Broncos are 27th in defense, 19th against the pass, and dead last against the rush. This is a no-brainer. Minnesota will settle up on those My Little Pony bitches and you can slide that toonie on over for victory. Let's get it from your favorite greenhorn, KF. Whoa, four toonie bets on Show Us Your TDs. It's a first, you heard it. Thank you so much for everyone who participated. Small Fry, Kevin, Calf Daddy, and Calf Daddy, your pick was strange as hell. CFL, come on, man really makes me question if we are brothers. Yep. And I agree with all of them. Your All your points are valid, nicely detailed. I especially agree with KFs. And now you know I hate the Broncos with a passion, so this one stands out the most. And I do believe that Josh Dobbs is gonna have his way with this terrible defense. He's got so many weapons. I did think that Jefferson was coming back but unfortunately, that's going to be delayed. Nonetheless, he's got other weapons, Addison, Hawkinson. Not to mention, Dobbs is a dual threat. 
If he doesn't get it done with his arm, he's going to get it done with his legs. So yeah, that was Toonie Bets. And don't be scared to throw your shiniest Toonie down. And that's all she wrote. Like the New York Giants season, this episode is over. Thank you so much for joining my solo expedition. I really appreciate it. I appreciate you. It was a lot of fun, a lot of work, but we got it done. Now it's time to celebrate. I was thinking the other day, what position would I play in the NFL? I mean, if I had the talent, I'm not saying based off me just walking on the field and getting stomped. No, if I had the talent, what position would I play? And I'm looking at my body, and I think I could handle being a running back. Now, I do need to hit the gym more and get those muscle gains going, but I think I could handle it. I, I can absorb the hits. I can see through the cracks. What did he say? I believe I can get it done. Not just me. What position do you think anyone on this podcast would play? I'm looking down our roster here, and Gooby, I think he would be an offensive lineman, most likely center, maybe a left guard. Actually, center, you need steady hands, and I don't think he has the best hands to work with. What? Ba, definitely tight end. He's got the height. He's got the nice hands. Destroyer, speedster, he can be a wide receiver. Charles, you'd definitely be the referee because you're hilarious. Small Fry, I think he would be a head coach. A pretty ridiculous one. Matt, definitely on the defensive side. Maybe in the secondary as a corner. And Nemo, definitely mascot. Team mascot for Nemo, because you just know how to put on a good show. Ready to party! But what position would you play? We want to know. Reach out to myself on Blackzilla27 on Instagram. Reach out to Gooby at G00BIE at Instagram or the Not After 30 Instagram page. Have a follow, subscribe to get the latest content on this network. There's a lot of great shows on here. You have a lot to choose from. And speaking of bodies, congratulations to the king of dad bodies, Jason Kelsey. He won Sexiest Man Alive. That's very encouraging to all you dad bods out there, including myself. It means we are desired in this world. Thank you, Jason Kelsey. And this will be the only time I thank an eagle ever on this show. <laughs> thank you, NA30. Thank you, El Jefe, for putting up with us. You're the Don Magic Juan. Sports for You podcast for always supporting. Going Yard podcast. Baseball offseason is heating up. The Jays look to be contenders in almost every player and big-time free agent. The Mustard Guys, it's always a hoot when we get together. And another episode's coming very soon. Podcasting itself, it's a great way to get out there, to get your voice heard. It's a wonderful platform, and if you have something to say, get on there, share. And most of all, thank you, the fans, for always tuning in each week putting up with us i know sometimes content doesn't come out when it's supposed to but we appreciate your patience and we do this for you and only you so that's it i'm melky riding solo this week i'm gonna make like the ravens defense in week 10 and disappear 
we were surprised that you showed up because now that you're one of the sexiest men alive, we thought you were just audible out of this introduction. Own it. Yeah, you know, I, listen, I don't know how this all happened, but it's honestly just another day. My wife tells right. me all the time I'm the sexiest <laughs> man in the world. So I've been wondering what's been taking so long for this nomination to happen. Um, so, yeah, no, it's a... Uh, it's been a whirlwind. It's been fun. Um, it's it's a win for plus size bearded men all over. Yes, baby.